Tonight, home runs have been a touchy subject in Toronto, but AEW hit a pair of great ones north of the border, yet continue to struggle with some ticket sales. The Rock says no to running for president, but declares himself head of the table. Bray Wyatt is back and getting real. Or is he? WWE cancels an upcoming premium live event, and more call-ups are happening. Where can you expect to see some of your favorite stars show up next? It's the AEW in Canada Hangover Edition of Sunday Night's Main Event. Let's go! We love professional wrestling! Acknowledge me. This is Sunday Night's Main Event. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people! The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? My God, what an impact! Hey, I'm Mike McGuire. Welcome to the show. It's Sunday night's main event, powered by Great Lakes Beer, a fiercely independent brewery. Order online at greatlakesbeer.com. This show is always available to you free on the air on TSN Radio, the iHeartRadio, and News Talk Networks. Through our affiliate radio stations across the country and online at snmeradio.com. Hey, if you want this carried in your market, let us know. Stop by the Contact Us page at snmeradio.com and give it a holler. This show also streams early to those of you that subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash snmeradio. That's only about a buck a week and gives you full access to interviews, daily podcasts, show reviews, music, trivia, and a bunch more. Patreon.com slash snmeradio. We're going to talk... All about the experience of AEW in Canada, but there's been a bunch of other things to happen in wrestling this week. Let's take you there and more with this week's five count. You want to hear the breaking news? Well, as Canada's wrestling radio show, we have to talk about the huge Canadian homecoming that was AEW Toronto. Dynamite and Rampage tapings happened at the Coca-Cola Coliseum, and they were loaded with Canadian talent. You know, she's come a long way from hosting highlight reels on the score. Canada's own Renee Paquette, formerly Renee Young in WWE, made her debut on AEW Dynamite. Her first guest was Toronto's own Christian Cage, who made an accurate description of the Toronto Maple Leafs' playoff run in his return promo. Winnipeg's Chris Jericho headlined the show, defending his ROH title against Brian Danielson, and also returning was St. Catharines native Sean Spears, Luther from the Chaos Project, and a flood of indie talent, from all across Canada, appearing in AEW Dark, Dark Elevation, and even as security on the main shows. Taking you back to Sean Spears' return, it happened on Dynamite and was revealed he was going to have a match with FTR and a six-man tag on Rampage. After the show was done, Spears took to the microphone and explained his absence for the last five months. Many had speculated it had to do with injury, but the real story was far more emotional. Two months ago, I lost my mom. And she would have been front and center like she has been at every other show if she was here tonight. Two blessings came out of that. Number one, we had time to say everything we ever wanted to say, to make her feel as loved as she possibly could. Most people don't have that luxury. The second blessing was that on this Mother's Day, she was the very first person to know that I was gonna be a father. 
Our sincerest thoughts of condolence and celebration go out to Sean Spears and his family. Speaking of those Canadian debuts and returns, Renee Paquette has opened up as to what finally brought her to AEW in an interviewer capacity in an episode of her podcast, The Sessions. Renee revealed that it was discussions with her husband, AEW champion John Moxley, that was a big catalyst, as well as figuring out what she wanted to do next. I think a lot of people just thought that I was sort of like done with wrestling to a degree. And maybe they didn't want to like ask me to do something they thought that I didn't want to do. I just want to get in there and like, I just want to work, you know, like I want to, I want to be there as a broadcaster, as a personality. I want to be able to help other people if they want help or need help on things. Like I want to be an ear for people um, in any way that I can. Um, yeah, just kind of use, you know, my eight years experience having having worked in WWE to, to seeing how I can sort of help in AEW now. Well, one person who has expressed some frustration this week was Ariel Helwani, who took to his show, The MMA Hour, to talk about his recent interview experience with AEW President Tony Khan. Now, you might remember last week we talked about how Helwani was stonewalled quite a few times on a lot of questions that he usually manages to get answers to from other promoters. Didn't quite get the same from TK, though. One of the most frustrating and, to a degree, not-so-fun interviews of my career. Because, as you may have seen, he didn't want to answer anything. Now, look, like you're going to come on and promote X, Y, and Z. Great. And I'll play that dance with you. And I did, at the beginning. But you got to give us something. And it was a busy week for Dwayne The Rock Johnson promoting his new movie, Black Adam, hitting theaters. In addition to an interview with CBS where he solidly announced he would not be running for president, he also had an interesting answer to E! Network's Aaron Lim, who asked this question. Who is head of the table? Who is head of the table? Without saying any names. You're looking into his eyes right now. So are you confirming that you will challenge Roman Reigns at the next WrestleMania to get that title? I am not confirming that at all. No, no, I am not. (laughs) Though I'm going to get a text from him after he watches this. All right, well, clearly this means that we're getting that match, right? Right? What the rock? We'll find out. One guy who might have a better insight for us, he's back. The Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer joins us next on Sunday night's main event. Chat wrestling all week long by joining the Sunday night's main event group on Facebook. Just search SNME Radio. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Here in Canada, we have several regionally specific phrases that arise when said vernacular is considered appropriate, i.e. the funny-sounding term shinny. Shinny is a game of ice hockey played without the standard head-to-toe body armor. Instead, only skates, gloves, a hockey stick, and preferably a helmet is worn. And, if you're Mike Lackey, GLB's brewmaster, you wear the same pair of shinny pants day in and day out from December until March. A common code of ethics is employed during a game of shinny. For example, raising the puck off the ice is strongly discouraged, for fear of being struck in the shins or worse, elsewhere. However, the most common practice takes place off the sheet of ice. Mandatory post-shinny beverages with your team, and boy does Great Lakes Brewery have the beer for that. Shinny Pants Session Stout, a beer inspired by Mr. Lackey's well-worn and well-stained pants. Oh man, you spilled beer on my shinny pants, bud. Shinny Pants Session Stout. Drink it fresh, please. Sunday night's main event is crowdfunded. You can support the show by joining our Patreon, 
Just visit patreon.com slash SNME radio. Patreon.com slash SNME radio. It's time! It's time! It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event. It's been a couple weeks, but back with Dave Meltzer. How you been? Good. Busy, busy couple weeks for sure. Yeah. For me, it was all AEW this week. It was crazy. Uh, flew into Toronto last Saturday. Of course, it was all about two days of AEW. Now, I want your perspective of things, and I'll give you some of mine as well here. How do you feel the AEW Canadian debut translated on a more mainstream level? I mean, as far as television goes, I thought the Wednesday show was great. Of course, as we've talked about and everyone's talked about, when you consider arena availability, I mean, those that was the arena available on the date. I think they picked, I guess I could say, I think they picked the wrong date. I think the debut in Canada should have been gigantic. Mm-hmm. And it it did come off like a very good Wednesday episode. And then the Friday show was a Friday show. You know, I mean, it was like, I mean, you know, the wrestling's good. But I didn't feel it was anything special. And then the the, the big steps with the, in the Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy match ended up being like a, you know, two, three minute match. Yeah. So I would call Wednesday really good. And Friday is just a normal Friday and they need to roost up Friday. I mean, the ratings are down for a reason. And it's because they don't have as much star power on Friday, even though they put Moxley on in a tag. It, it still wasn't that much. And they really had to hit Tuesday hard. They did to a degree. I mean, they have a good lineup for Tuesday, but, you know, they're going head to head with NXT and they're on their they're not on their normal night. So it's definitely going to be in WWE's totally loading up NXT on Tuesday for this reason. So Tuesday is going to be a very interesting night back like the old days. So I want to give you kind of a, a perspective from someone who was there for both nights. Uh, I was working, so. I have like 6,000 photos literally from the shows because there was a ton of Canadian indie talent on the dark and dark elevation taping. So it was kind of cool to see them get a platform. One thing that I think that AEW could have communicated better was how much dark taping was going to be happening, though, because there were some fans that went to these shows and had a great time either way. But especially on the Thursday taping for Friday, it was two hours of dark matches. Yes. So two hours of, you know, Canadian talent. Unfortunately, a lot of them were Ontario based. So a lot of the crowd there knew who they were, but it's all virtually squash matches or it's definite undercard main roster talent or AEW talent. And there's not a lot of progression. So I did hear from some fans, even though we did get Moxley and Claudio together in that big tag match, even though you did get the stipulation match with Ethan Page, who came home to a hero's welcome. I think they might have edited that match for time or something, because I do remember going longer than what it showed on TV. Well, I, I, I saw the taping went 10 minutes long, so they edited out a lot of ring intros, and they edited about a minute out of several of the matches. I mean, it wasn't a lot of time, but I guess in that Ethan Page match being so short, you know, a minute out of that match is, is, is like a third of the match, right? Exactly. The fan disappointment that was expressed was the fact that the dark tapings just took forever. And again, I, I don't know. For me, I'm going to a wrestling show. There's wrestling. I'm going to watch wrestling. I'm happy. But I'm not everybody. And I get that. I also didn't pay for my ticket, although I did pay for my flight. So I felt there was some, you know, value <laughs> exchange there. 
what do they got to do to make these rampage tapings more appealing? Because they were struggling with tickets up until the very last minute that this show started. Yeah, I mean, well, especially I mean, in in Canada, you know, rampage isn't even on TV there, so it means less mm-hmm. than in the United States. I mean, it's going to be like it is. I think the hope maybe would be that if you do a, a Friday taping, of course, this was Thursday because it was better for for everyone to be able to do it on Thursday rather than Friday. But I think the idea is if you're going to do a one hour rampage, maybe you do another show. And it's it's not a secret that they're trying to do a one hour women's show and, and a ring of honor show. So, I mean, if they once those shows, if they're greenlit, you do that and that will make it a lot more you know palatable for a Friday taping if you're getting two hours or even three hours of, of television as opposed to the quick squashes and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best answer um, or, you know, obviously just uh, make dark and dark elevation, better matches and more um, storyline oriented and more promos and things like that, which I've already suggested, you know, it's like, you know, use dark elevation to do programs and week to week programs and things like that. So it's not just, Hey, here's Dante Martin out here in a squash match and he does three quick moves. And then we, have, you know, Ricky Starks in a squash match or whatever. And you can do more than one match a week. You know, wrestlers used to do six and seven matches a week. Right. Um, and so maybe, you know, have guys come out and, and do, you know, a competitive match. You know, like like with WWE, they used to do like dark match main events with Hulk Hogan at the end of the tapings. Right. You know, when they would do right. those endless squashes and things like that. I mean, I, I sympathize. I've been, you know, I've been to rampage tapings a couple of times. The one in Vegas, the one thing with that was just they had really good matches in Vegas, but usually they don't sometimes just put like really good workers in a hot six man, you know, with um the, the luchadors or the women and on dark, as opposed to just the quick squash and have them go yeah. like eight minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there, there was some of that too. I mean, we had the dark order come out with an eight man tag and then there was a couple six man tag matches and things like that. So, I mean, they did their best to give you a lot of talent and a lot of name talent. But again, when you kind of know the way it's going to go, the one thing that was really astonishing to me is poor Athena. She came out twice against really well-established Ontario-based Canadian wrestling talent. And so she actually turned heel in both her matches because it was all she could do. Because yeah. They, they just weren't going to give her any slack against their hometown girls. So, I mean, overall, it's good. There is definitely an issue, I think, with making that Rampage ticket valuable because a couple of our hosts actually got tickets to the Rampage taping on the floor against the aisle uh, on resale sites for, I, I hate to say this, but it was like $6 each. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the the the, 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 the resale price. Well, I mean, the thing with, with what happened was the uh, the first night, the tickets, as you know, the tickets mm-hmm. went immediately. Yeah. So then the, the second night tickets, I figured, well, they're going to go immediately too. And they didn't, you know, and I no. think that, I, I don't know if that was a surprise. They had like, you know, 4,700 right, you know, sold right away. But I, I guess enough of them were scalpers and the secondary market was very weak. The first night secondary market was very strong. I mean, it was very much like the first show people wanted to see. And it, we both know they could have done, you know, 15,000 people for the first night. But that second night was not going to draw for whatever reason, because whether it's Rampage means nothing in Ontario because of the TV situation or the whole thing was the first big show. I can't say like their ticket sales for a rampage generally are bad, but they aren't. Obviously, they're not the same as Dynamite. Dynamite's right. going to sell more. But Friday night, you should be able to draw better. I, you had Thursday, so you didn't have that, that situation. I know the secondary market for Thursday collapsed. Yeah, it was really astonishing to see some of those ticket prices go. But I mean, overall, 
We still got a couple of great shows, my opinion. I think it was a strong flag planting for AEW to say, hey, we've done Toronto now. But I, I agree with you that perhaps even both shows could have been condensed into one night like they used to do and and just have it be one big super event in a bigger building on a better date. But, I mean, they got it done. It's in the history books now. Everybody that I talk to, and we're going to hear clips through the show here today. Man, you want to talk about pandemonium after a wrestling show? Whew, these AEW fans, they are uh, they are something else. It mm-hmm. was uh, it was a rabid environment after the show, but um, well, good, good. Um, I mean, they, they were happy. Obviously, they'll be back, and I would think that they should start running, um, you know, Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton and places like that because you know WWE did great in Edmonton, you know, recently. The Canadian markets, you know, Canada has always been strong for wrestling, and the Canadian markets have not serviced very well. WWE hasn't run a lot there although where they when they did run they drew very very well in in for, you know in vancouver and edmonton especially those were, were great draws and AEW's never been anywhere except toronto so there's a lot of first time stuff that that they could do very well with it's really weird they didn't do anything in calgary this time either they had a bunch of like secondary towns that were got canceled but then they they didn't have anything in calgary i thought that was kind of bizarre yeah yeah but i guess that was to, to boost the raw sales Okay, let's shift over to WWE now. This past Friday on SmackDown, we saw Bray Wyatt come out and do his first promo since his return. Seemed like a very, very real promo from Ray talking about things that had gone on in his life, his confidence, uh, losing friends, obviously. That was no surprise there that he would talk about that. And then the promo got cut off by this masked character again, the new masked character that seems to be a part of the Bray Wyatt evolution. And there's talk of the Wyatt six being a thing. We saw those figures. We didn't get to talk about what happened to the pay-per-view. So those figures that were dressed up as the Firefly Funhouse characters, are those going to be a faction? What do we know? Or what do you think is going to happen with this new version of Bray Wyatt? I think they're going to do a faction, but I'm not sure who's going to be in it. Certainly heard names for a faction, but then I've heard other people say those aren't the names. And and someone even told me it's like it's not really all even all worked out exactly how it's all going to go down. So um, I think it's a faction as far as who's playing what, you know, I don't know. It's being kept like that for, for a reason. I think they're trying to keep it secretive. I think that they I thought it was really good that they went off the air with a lot of mystery. It's mm-hmm. like he said a few things and then boom, he's gone. Mystery. You know, the idea is tune in again. He's been a ratings draw. How long that will stay, you know, is anyone's guess, but they're trying to, you know, um, keep the intrigue for as long as possible. That's fair. Liv Morgan has blacked out her Twitter. Seth Rollins did the same thing, but we saw Seth immediately win the U.S. title. So there was some thought that they might both be a part of this new Wyatt. Well, I I can't I I wouldn't I wouldn't put Seth Rollins there. I mean, Liv, I can I could see Liv Morgan, but yeah, Seth, 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 too big of a star and he needs to be on his own. And and plus, he's he's in for a run with the U.S. title now, as as you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. So what's with the Twitter blackouts? Do we know? Is that just I don't know. I don't know. I mean, with Liv, it might have been she got she got hammered pretty hard for the Ronda match. Right. And it may have just been just getting annoyed by people and just wanting to take a break. All right. Well. Maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. As as Triple H says, we got to watch the show. Day one, the WWE Premium Live event that was last year, this past year on January 1st, uh, seemed to do pretty good numbers-wise. Viewership-wise, uh, all numbers seemed to indicate that it was pretty well-received. This year, though, not happening. I, I'm hearing rumblings of something to do with 
not wanting to work against NBC Universal for NFL or what? What's the reason for this show not happening now? That I, I, that's hard to believe because they've run pay per views against NFL for a hundred years. I heard it was due to football because there's a Falcons game on the first, and there's a, I think it was the Peach Bowl on the thirty first, which is a big game, and they just thought it was too much competition in the market. And um, they never did put tickets on sale. I had been told of another date, but I guess from today's story, they were still going to do the show, but they would move the date. Evidently, that is not the case, that they're just going to skip the pay-per-view completely, which I don't know what that means as far as Peacock goes. But maybe if Peacock asked them not to do it and then guaranteed them the money, then there's no money loss because Peacock's the one who pays them for the pay-per-view. Right. Um, But that seems stupid. But I mean, I'm I'm not ruling that out as a possibility. They're always going against sports on a network, you know, on on most or many, you know, especially during football season when you got college and pro, it's always you're always going at something. So, do you think it was just the local market as a whole that was really what weakened this? Like they were just worried about having an empty building? Or? I can't imagine the building being empty though for a WWE pay per view. Would they have sold out? I don't know. That's hard to say. I mean, they've been selling out all their pay per views lately, so I wouldn't have been worried about it too much. But hopefully, I'll I'll find something out more official, um, you know, in the next twenty four hours. But I had heard, you know, I mean, originally, so like when two weeks ago when I first heard that it could be moved, it was the idea of the Falcons are playing and and the the football the night before, and they just figured that uh, maybe they should move it up a few days. But going up a few days means they would have to cancel some of the house shows that had already been advertised, and that's a hassle. But it's not like they haven't canceled house shows before when they have a conflict with TV, which is more important, you know, especially, a you know, a pay-per-view event. So um, then again, well, you can always change the day of the pay-per-view. I mean, you know, pay-per-view companies are pretty desperate for content right now. So it's not like that they have the great leverage that they would have had years ago where they just say, oh, we don't want it this day and you're screwed because you have to deal with us. I mean, now they're 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 out there for anything. And pay-per-view business is not big. And and WWE, it's, it's minor to them anyway. I mean, the big thing is the, uh, you know, the rights fee from uh, Peacock. Circling back, since we're on this discussion of ticket sales and selling out shows, AEW ticket sales, I know, were a concern before Toronto and in U.S. markets. It's been kind of interesting to see things go up and down as of late. Is there any uptick lately for AEW's ticket sales or are they just starting to to burn markets out? What do you think is the reason for these worries about tickets? Um, the price not as hot as it was. I think that's that's the answer. But yeah, ticket sales in, in these most of the upcoming shows, I mean, the pay-per-views, I think, will always do well. You know, the Newark show is it's not sold out, but which, you know, every AEW show, or I think 80 percent of the AEW pay-per-view shows were first day sellouts and Newark is not sold out, although they probably will be by the time the show takes place. So I'm not worried about Newark at all. It'll be a million dollar house. But aside from that, yeah, most of them are, are way down from the previous times in the market. Uh, Seattle's good on January 4th, but they've never been to Seattle before. But and even with WWE, it's a little softer than it was. I've noticed a little softness, but AEW more than WWE. I think part of that might just have to do with the economy as a whole as well. Uh, it seems that a lot of people just aren't spending as much money in some places. Well, well, I think it's the combination of the economy and the very high ticket prices. I think that, you know, that's that's and also in the Northeast, you know, the Northeast has been run to death by everybody. And I think that that's part of it, too. Like, you know, if if, if you're charging really high ticket prices, you really probably uh can only go a couple times a year and with two companies doing so much in the northeast you know people have already spent their hundreds of dollars of tickets are they going to do that every two months probably not will they do it every nine months yeah 
So I think it's a combination of two companies running in the same parts of the country a lot. We're talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. This is Sunday night's main event. I'm Mike McGuire. Dave, we heard an interview with one Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has confirmed that he has no interest in running for president of the United States, says he wants to focus on being a dad. But then he was also asked the question of uh, who is the head of the table? And he declared in not so many words himself as being that person. Now, clearly, this has got everybody salivating for this Rock and Roman Reigns WrestleMania match again. Are we closer to that now than ever before, you think? Or is this going to be just another tease? For two years, I've been hearing, you know, WrestleMania, Los Angeles, Rock and Roman Reigns. Right. So, um, but it's always subject to his schedule. And so I think it just matters when it comes to his schedule. I think it's happening. I mean, if, if he has something that makes it not you know, available to happen, that's always been, they've always known that, that there's a chance it doesn't happen. It's not like it's ever been locked in stone, but for the last two years, he always wanted to be the Los Angeles show. You know, the Los Angeles show has moved back a year. So that's essentially why, why it's been moved back a year. So you think this might be the year then? If it's not this year, uh, time's running out on Rock. You know, I mean, I don't know, if, you know, how long he wants to, you know, go in there because, you know, you the older you get, the harder it is. And he got he he got hurt the last couple of times he did this, um, you know, at the WrestleMania, both both WrestleManias with uh, Cena. He got hurt. So that's why he at that point was not going to do it again. But now with Roman and he just probably sees this window of like, you know, I can do he loves wrestling. Yeah. And he wants to wrestle. I mean, it's just he's got a million other things going on in life that are more important than wrestling. But there's also the age thing. And it's just like, you know, if he does, you know, does he really want to do it at 56? And, you know, I and maybe, maybe you know, Austin did it at that. You know, Austin was older and did it and was fine. So maybe he would. I don't know. But, um, you know, you you get that number. You know, I mean, Dwayne is uh, 50, right? Um, 50. Wow. So <laughs> it's 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 time's running out for him to do it and i know he wants to do it so i think there's a good chance i mean it's it's is is it 100 um i don't know that it's ever 100 until his whole schedule i mean somebody could come up to him and just go hey you know i mean we've got this great movie that we want you to star in and it's taking place you know march april and he's you know do you turn down a great movie role for it and the answer is no but if it's manageable i expect him to do it at this point, too, I mean, he's the rock. He should be able to have some say in, in what he gets to do with his own time as well. I'm sure that if it does happen, maybe he's even planning a window for, okay, there will be publicity before WrestleMania. There's a good chance there might be an injury after WrestleMania. So I realize that could be a large chunk of his year, but, I mean, it's not like he can't call any shots in this thing. So he, 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 he's, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to call every shot. Exactly. You know, he's he's he's. You know, he's the key to the thing. I mean, you know, if they need to move the show, um, I don't know if they, that, that that shot he can call at this point now with 50,000 tickets, on, you know, already out on both nights. So that's that's going to be tough. But but anything else, um, you know, if he wants to do it or not, you know, it's 100 percent. The ball's in his court, you know, and it's just a question of his schedule. Dave, you talked about NXT being loaded up for this Tuesday as they go against AEW Dynamite on a special night now. We do have some names apparently being called up to the main roster. There's been uh, talk of Cameron Grimes and others making their way up to main event tapings. There's also been a switch with Rey Mysterio now on SmackDown. Baron Corbin was a part of a interesting online vignette involving him and JBL. 
Mm-hmm. Are, are we getting more character changes here? What's what are we looking forward to coming up here? And what can we maybe expect for some of these names coming up? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just heard, you know, that the JBL is going to get more involved. It, you know, the Ray thing's an interesting storyline. I think it's one of the best storylines they have, maybe the best in some ways. Um, I'm it's interesting to me how they're doing it because I mean, the weirdness of it is, okay, so he's now on SmackDown. I mean, we see talent on both shows every single week. So it's like, I'm going to SmackDown so I don't have to deal with Dominic. I mean, isn't Dominic just going to show up on SmackDown with with uh, Judgment Day? Right. I mean, I just figure it's obvious, but, you know, you have to build to Ray and Dominic and you have to get there and you can't get there quick because if you get there quick, it seems too fake. Just from a timing standpoint, Ray and Dominic shouldn't, you know, should be at WrestleMania, right? And just like figure out a way to stretch it and stretch it and stretch it because, uh, I just think that's probably the, the, the spot for it. All right. This has been Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com checking in as we often do. And, well, it's been fun to, to catch up and see the different perspectives on especially my first AEW experience this past week in Toronto. We're going to hear from some fans in just a bit. But, Dave, what are some things that fans can read about in your latest edition of the Wrestling Observer newsletter that came out? Well, we went through like obviously all the the, the weekend pay per views and everything like that. That was that was a lot of the the gist of it. A lot more on uh, Inoki, um, you know, a story on Katsuya Kitamura, who was a 2017 Rookie of the Year who passed away on, mm. on earlier this week, which was a really sad story. 36 years old is way too young, and you know, I don't know if you ever saw him, but he was like legitimately. In 2017, when I saw him, I figured by 2022, 2023, he was going to be IWGP champion. I mean, he just um, he had this fire that that that, you know, that only the top guys have. And he had the body and he's legit, you know, a legitimate national uh, multi-time national champion in wrestling. And in New Japan, you know, they love guys like that. I mean, he was just aside from starting at a couple at at an older age, he had everything going to be like one of the top guys. And, and again, he was not like Okada with the high drop kick and things like that, but he had that great fiery comeback that, that you need. It's more than, you know, just a body or that he could wrestle or he was a shooter or whatever like that. I mean, he had, he had the face, he just had that thing where, you know, even in his rookie year and experienced when he would go against Nagata and Michael Elgin and people like that, he was having really good matches. So, I mean, I thought this guy's going to graduate to be like, you know, one of the real big stars of the era. And, uh, you know, he got a concussion then he had a leg injury, bad leg injury, and then he had a heart issue and it just, it just never turned out. It was really sad. And, um, yeah, it's hor- horrible, a horrible story. There you have it. Dave Meltzer from the wrestling observer, WrestlingObserver.com. Dave, another interesting week ahead of us here. And we'll uh, talk all about it next weekend. Well, have a great week coming up next. We're going to take you back to the Coca-Cola Coliseum in Toronto had a chance to catch up with some of those AEW rabid fans. It's coming up next on Sunday night's main event. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. If you're a fan of Sunday night's main event, check out WrestlingObserver.com, a daily podcast, multiple podcasts per day, with hosts Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and a number of others. You get a full library of podcasts dating back to 2005, over 9,000 shows, hundreds of back issues of Dave's Wrestling Observer newsletter dating back to 1991, and so much more. Don't miss out. Check it out today. WrestlingObserver.com. I'm in the arsenal, and I'm with Baller Gear. (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Chad Jeter, and I'm with Baller Gear. I'm Ricky Collins Jr., and I'm with Baller Gear. Baller Gear is the official home for the CG brand, 39 Sack, Root Demons, Shaq One, Manny Show, Front Happy Collections, and more. We're also the newest home for the official tees from SNME Radio. Check out the selection of tees today at ballergear.ca. Sunday night's main event is crowdfunded. You can support the show by joining our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com slash SNME radio. Patreon.com slash SNME radio. Welcome back to Sunday Night's Main Event. I'm Mike McGuire. Yeah, that was the sound this past Wednesday in Toronto as AEW brought Dynamite and Rampage to the six, and I had the chance to be there after the Rampage taping. So two nights, over six hours of AEW wrestling action, if you went to both shows. I had the chance to catch up with some rabid fans outside of the Coca-Cola Coliseum, and I mean some rabid fans and some fans that were a little more subdued, like myself, watching the rabid fans if you've never been to an AEW show yet I'm not sure this is what it's like everywhere when they do shows but I want to take you to some of what I encountered outside the Coca-Cola Coliseum it was it was a trip in case you're wondering what it's like after a live professional wrestling event this is probably the craziest I've heard since Wrestlemania 29 in New York there's popcorn flying everywhere. And joining me now, a guy who uh, listens to our shows. Your name, sir? Uh, Ernie Vicente, big fan. Thank you very much for supporting the show. So, were you here for both nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got back. Uh, yeah, we, we were dynamite last night. Rampage tonight. Great time. Now, if you don't mind me asking, do you feel like you got value for your tickets? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What were the highlights of the show for you? Oh, man, Chris Jericho is the best right there. Yeah? Y2J. I grew up with him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, how did it feel to see guys like Sean Spears, Ethan Page, and others from Ontario here? Oh, buddy, so proud of those guys. I saw them like when they were indies, you know what I mean? So, so great. Oh, my God. What's happening? Riot Squad. Riot Squad. I think we're becoming witnesses to something. If I can describe the scene for you right now, there's a guy dressed as NWO Hollywood Hogan being carried through as though he has just slain a dragon and being celebrated here. These fans are high off of a couple of great nights of wrestling. And now I got a guy here. What's that? I took a suplex on the pavement. Let's talk to you guys. Hi, how are you? How are you? What's your name? Beverly. Now let me ask you. Was this your first uh, AEW show? Absolutely. And your thoughts? Amazing. Are you a big wrestling fan in general? I've been since I was a kid. No kidding. So, growing up, what was the wrestling you liked to watch? Anything vicious. Anything vicious? Wow. You seem like such a, a sweet, calm person here. Now you're like, I just want blood. Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker. That's good, too. That's good. And who's this? My boyfriend. All right. Hi, boyfriend. What's your name? Hi there. Jonah. Jonah, let me ask you this. Uh, were you here for both nights? Yes, I was. Now, let me ask you for your, your ticket. I don't want to know how much you spent, but I want to know, do you feel like you got value for your money out of these shows? Most definitely, and then some. Yeah? Yes, sir. That's awesome to hear. All right, well, thank you for being a part of Sunday night's main event. All right, so your name is? I am Rick. Rick, you were here tonight for Rampage only, so you came to what a lot of people were saying was the secondary show, but it was, it was quick to sell today after yesterday's Dynamite. How do you feel about tonight's show? 
I, I had a great time. I'll tell you that that very uh, very quickly. I'll tell you a great time. I like the way the rapport happened with the wrestlers, the performers, and the audience. And I, I also think that perhaps AEW might have been a little awestruck by what they got back from Toronto. Because it, it just seemed like that a bit. I don't know how you felt that's, about that. Oh, that's a fair statement. I mean, they were saying it in the ring. They've been saying in interviews afterwards as well that, you know, Toronto brought it. And I think that Toronto has been often recognized as a top wrestling market period in the world. Sure. but. This company, especially with this roster the way it is now, while a lot of them had been here before, there are a lot that have been here the first time and maybe the first time with a company like AEW. So They would have been here with Ring of Honor that period. I believe it was also UWA or UAW. I'm trying to remember. Actually, I did video work for them, but I should remember. <laughs> but they also started with the machine, uh, Motor City Machine Guns. This is back in Mississauga a while ago. So, But a lot of these guys, again, you know, from ROH period of time, uh, and they were filling up uh, big size arenas for ROH here. But anyway, to see the, the gravitation happen from that to this level now, and to get the response back from the audience. I mean, Nyla Rose, who you, whatever, I mean, there was cheers like crazy for yeah. her tonight too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, I think it was great. I, I also think that we're about to witness a crime, so I think it's time to go, but thank you very All much right, for Mike. your Hey, time, and uh, by the way, thanks for doing your program. Love it, and keep it up, bro. Hey, thanks a lot for okay. listening, man. Appreciate it. All right. My name's Tommy Millar, and I believe in AEW wrestling to the maximum. Now let me ask you, when you came to the show, were you skeptical at all? Were you excited? I was mostly excited. It's not every day us 34-year-olds get to hang out with their dudes. No! It's a great time, man. You know, it's a bunch of older dudes just finding some peace with one another. Wow, some older, even older dudes, maybe the same age dudes, Beat the hell out of each other. It's great to watch, man. It's very peaceful in the end. What's your name? Carrie. Carrie, you're here with uh, some company, I presume, who are perhaps involved in a post-event wrestling event outside of the arena here? Yes, my boyfriend is a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. W which one is he? Just point him out to me. Can you... uh, the tall guy with the AEW jacket, arms up, cigar in hand. That's him. <laughs> Just, uh, you, per you painted the picture here perfectly of what's going on. I, I'm not sure if I can even be here without being a material witness at this point, but... Uh, me neither at this point. It, it's gotten dark. Speaking of dark, you're wearing a Joint Dark Order shirt. How long have you been a wrestling fan? Uh, so quite some time. In fact, this is our curling team name. We needed a doubles wrestling team, and this is it. We joined the Dark Order. No kidding. Yes. Yeah. So were you here for both nights or just tonight? Uh, just tonight. How did you feel the show went? I thought it was awesome. It was my first time. What were some highlights for you tonight out of uh, all of the Rampage and the dark tapings? Oh, well, I'm not going to lie. Dark tapings, it had to be the order. That's what I came for. Um, now, I am a huge Jericho fan as well. I'm a little old school, so for me, those were the highlights. That's awesome. AEW comes back to town. Are you rushing to get tickets? Yeah, I think we are. All right. Yeah. That's assuming your boyfriend makes it out of this pit here. 
I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Gary. Nice meeting you. Thank you. Okay, I know that was a lot, but imagine being in the middle of it. That is just some of the energy of the life of perhaps the liquid courage being maximized and capitalized on. But nevertheless, the fun environment of live professional wrestling. You only get that from shows like this. Coming up before we go, final thoughts on AEW's first appearance in Canada. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Would love to hear from you always. You can follow us on social media at SNME Radio. You can also join our Facebook page to join the conversation there. SNME Radio is where you find everything in SNMERadio.com. More of the AEW in Canada Hangover Edition of Sunday night's main event. Listening to Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Here in Canada, we have several regionally specific phrases that arise when said vernacular is considered appropriate, i.e., the funny sounding term shinny. Shinny is a game of ice hockey played without the standard head to toe body armor. Instead, only skates, gloves, a hockey stick, and preferably a helmet is worn. And, if you're Mike Lackey, GLB's brewmaster, you wear the same pair of shinny pants day in and day out from December until March. A common code of ethics is employed during a game of shinny. For example, raising the puck off the ice is strongly discouraged, for fear of being struck in the shins or worse, elsewhere. However, the most common practice takes place off the sheet of ice. Mandatory post-shinny beverages with your team, and boy does Great Lakes Brewery have the beer for that. Shinny Pants Session Stout, a beer inspired by Mr. Lackey's well-worn and well-stained pants. Oh man, you spilled beer on my shinny pants, bud. Shinny Pants Session Stout. Drink it fresh, please. You're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Night's Main Event. I'm Mike McGuire. Closing segment of the show. I got in on a plane last night back to where I currently reside in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan from Toronto. I spent a week down in the six. I'm not one of these guys either that thinks that you know, one city is better than another. I'm not one of these people that subscribes a lot to bashing places or trying to, I don't know, feel superior because of where I may live or where may other people may live. But I will say this. There is a different energy in a big city compared to a medium-sized market like what I live in now. Toronto is its own universe in many ways, which... A lot of people laud, and some people like to make fun of, and that's okay, too. It's okay to be gently jabbing each other. It's when you take things personal that it gets a little crazy. We're not going to do that here. I do want to say that AEW in Toronto was probably one of the best wrestling experiences I've had as a fan. If you listen to our podcast network, Joe Aguinaldo and I actually compared the TV experience versus the being there in person experience. He watched on TV at home. I watched the show live uh, both nights for Rampage and Dynamite. But I was also cognizant of the fact that I'd be here broadcasting across Canada on TSN radio and around the world through our podcast network about 
what I saw and what I experienced and, and how some people may agree and some people may disagree. And that's fine, too. Much like the belief that your city is better than my city or your wrestling company that you enjoy is better than my wrestling company. I met people who some do believe that and some people are very passionate about it. But for the most part, wrestling fans were doing what they do best at these shows, being wrestling fans. There was a load of independent talent from across Canada on the Dark and Dark Elevation taping. So many, in fact, that they were well known to many of the fans in attendance. Names like Jody Threat, names like Casey Spinelli, Jeremy Prophet, my pal Mo Jabari from out in Calgary, and many, many more were on these shows. They were all getting a chance to perform on a major platform. I don't care if it just airs on YouTube and social media. AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation are major platforms. Most importantly, though, the fans in attendance at these shows celebrated their love of wrestling. It was 7,000 people a night, roughly. (laughs) We'll average out those numbers, but all enjoying what they love together. It's like-minded thinking. It's people there having a good time. Yes, there were the occasional jerks in the crowd. Yes, there were the occasional jerks in line, but those are people that probably just take life too seriously. If you're listening to this show, if you enjoy professional wrestling, remember that word, enjoy. Too many critics come out every week and they nitpick and peel everything apart to every little detail. Are we really being wrestling fans? Or are we just being hypercritical for the sake of being hypercritical? Welcome to Canada, AEW. Feel free to explore the rest of the country sometime. I'm sure fans from coast to coast would love to see you. All right. That is this week's edition of Sunday Night's Main Event. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope we can get a little too preachy at the end here. Let's face it. We're talking about pro wrestling. We're not solving the world's problems. We're having some fun and sharing a passion. Until next week, I'm Mike McGuire. Please join us at snmeradio.com. And if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash snmeradio. Until next time, thank you for listening and letting me do what I do. Play safe, drive safe. Ah! Happy seeing you. To get the complete show as well as bonus weekly podcasts, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snmeradio.